The roster is set, and the Capitals chose to go with Anthony Mantha over Matthew Phillips. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals and comment anything down below. The Capital season has started, and I would love to talk Caps hockey with you one-on-one. And we can do that on subtext. Just check the show description for more details. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So in today's episode of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the question around the NHL is that our the Capitals contenders. In a piece that I read with the Daily Faceoff with Frank Saravalli, they asked that question, are the Capitals contenders this season? We'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about the roster is set. We know who is going to be on this team Friday at puck drop on the first game of the season against the Penguins. We'll talk about that in the show But just to get it going here, I cannot believe it. That word came in today that the Capitals chose to go with Anthony Mantha over Matthew Phillips. Kind of defying odds, I guess I got to say. Everyone was just so high on Matthew Phillips. And make no mistake about it, he is still on the roster. But if we are to believe what we saw today on the ice at practice is going to be what's on the ice Friday Against the Penguins, I guess, color me surprised because Anthony Mantha has had a bit of a bumpier ride uh, this preseason over Matthew Phillips, and it it is a bit surprising that they chose to do that. What is ultimately behind it, I guess I don't know. Uh, based on the fact that Matthew Phillips had back-to-back 30-goal scoring seasons, and Anthony Mantha, let's say, has just fallen short of that. So, I guess it is a bit surprising, and I don't know what ultimately is behind it. Is it Does it have something uh, to do with cap compliance? Does it have something to do with that? Because for me, it does not make any sense. So let's just take a look at Matthew Phillips. For example, we'll talk about the 22-23 season. In 66 games played, he scored 36 goals and 40 assists with the Calgary Wranglers and 21-22 with the Stockton Heat. In 65 games, he scored 31 goals with 37 assists. Should we pan over to Anthony Mantha and see what he did the last two years? Uh, In 37 games played, he scored nine goals in the 21-22 season. That was the season he was injured. So let's take a look at last season. In 67 games played, he scored 
11 goals. And I understand some people would say, well, Dan, one of those was the AHL and one was the NHL, but that is still quite a disparity, I've got to say. So again, this is mystifying to me. And I know that what we see on the ice at practice is not etched in stone. And that is going to be who's in the lineup for the duration of the season. I get that. But there are some really surprising moves that I have seen happen over the last couple days that have me kind of miffed, for lack of a better word. And uh, one of those would be, uh, you know, the biggest thing for me is the fact that they went with Anthony Mantha over uh, Matthew Phillips. Just real surprising. And I guess, you know, stranger things could happen. Maybe when we see the lineups uh, on Friday night, it will be Phillips in there. But as you know, sometimes they say, you know, the good indicator is this practice right here that could potentially be who's on the ice. I guess I don't know. Mantha had a bumpy ride in the preseason. Uh, He was better than expected in certain regards in the skate test, uh, but he he never found a way to find the back of the net Uh, at uh, 29 years old. He was never able to convert on any of his opportunities, even though he had quite a few opportunities, he was just never able to make the most of them. So one of the things that I have heard already from some people on Twitter is they say, well, of course, Dan, Anthony Mantha is in over Phillips. Do you have any idea how much they are paying Anthony Mantha? And I do. Anthony Mantha's salary is $6,500,000 and his cap hit is $5,700,000 for the 23-24 season. So I get that, that, you know, you are paying Anthony Mantha that much more money, but I'm just trying to understand the logic with that. On paper and what we have seen in the preseason, Matthew Phillips has far outperformed Anthony Mantha. So that logic, if if I'm following your logic, you would rather have a subpar hockey player on your team playing on the team over a player that has a proven track record. The last two seasons, 30 plus goals, did a really good job in the preseason. I want to go with a guy that's not that great, but is they're paying him millions of dollars versus a guy that's a proven commodity. I don't really follow that logic. For me, I'm just a guy that does a podcast and and I love this team and I'm all about the Caps being in the winning business. And for me as an armchair GM, if the Capitals are in the winning business, they would be far better suited having Matthew Phillipson over Anthony Mantha. And I don't really think that's up for debate. Um, you know, you could say that, you know, uh, Matthew Phillips is an unproven commodity. We haven't seen what he's done on the big stage, you know, uh, in, a, in the duration of regular season for the Capitals. And, and I guess I get that. But what we have seen from Anthony Mantha is inconsistency. And I get that he hired that mental coach and he dropped 10 pounds and he did really good on the skate test. And, you know, he had a lot of great opportunities, but he was never able to convert on those opportunities. What the Capitals need is someone that can score goals on a consistent basis. Do they have that with Matthew Phillips over Anthony Mantha? Anyone in the class? Yes, I'll call you back there. Yes, exactly they do. Uh, So just a real surprising move for me, all things considered. I'm blown away by it. And again, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Things could change between now and Friday. It could be Phillips over Mantha, but what I've been hearing is that this looks to be the lineup on the ice in game one at puck drop on Friday night. 
it is a bit surprising, suffice it to say. So uh, I guess we will find out, you know, in the coming days, what is ultimately behind it. But you take a look at Matthew Phillips, the smallest guy to play in the NHL, five foot seven, 140 pounds. And if you're an everyday or one of the things that, you know, I've spoke of on this show is I don't care what size he is. He could be four foot, a hundred pounds. If he can score goals on a consistent basis, I really don't care. I mean, do you care? So it is an interesting thing that people like to talk a lot about his size. He had two goals and an assist through five preseason games, and he showed great chemistry with his line mates. That is an interesting thing. You know, it just, you know, I keep getting to that point. So we put that in a calculator. So we take a look at Sonny, or excuse me, we take a look at what Matthew Phillips did. You know, he scored those two goals and had an assist. And then we put into the calculator what Anthony Mantha did uh, coming up zero. And yet I hit the equals button. It is a clear winner that they should go with Matthew Phillips over Anthony Mantha. But what is, what is actuality? It does appear that they are going to go with Mantha over Phillips. The mind boggles. I just really don't know. What do we know about Phillips as he signed a one-year deal to join the Caps this summer after being in the Flames organization? He was drafted in 2016. So, you know, he is a guy that's worked on his craft in the AHL for quite some time. But his dreams are coming true. He cracked the roster. It was announced, and he will be on the big team on Friday. Will he be watching it from the press box, or will he be on the ice? I guess it's one of those kind of crazy things. One of the things that Philip says here is he says, I'm definitely not the biggest guy, but I think I play a lot bigger than I am. Phillips told the hockey news, matter of factly, I don't really feel small when I'm on the ice. I just love competing and I love working for the puck and playing with the puck. It's something I've always done my whole life. I don't think too much about it. Honestly, it's just something that comes naturally. And that's one of the things that he said in a post game interview as well is he said, I don't really think of myself as a great hockey player. It just comes naturally to me. And if you saw him out on the ice, that was evident. He was in front of the net. He put himself constantly in a position to succeed. And subsequently, guess what? He succeeded. He was successful on the team. Uh, Alex Ovechkin also had quite the praise for him. Happy for him, obviously. He's a hardworking guy. He's small, but takes contact and makes some plays. You see him speed. He control the puck well. He deserves it. Um, and so one of the questions that I have, and, you know, just kind of fanning out, I like to see both sides of the coin. Anthony Mantha is a bigger man, markedly bigger than he is. Matthew Phillips, uh, is that one of the things that they're looking at? Maybe they're trying to, you know, take a look at the Penguins lineup, you know, kind of a rough and tumble bunch versus, you know, Matthew Phillips, who is a very small man. Maybe they perceive that he is not going to hold up well against a big team like that. It's possible. I'm trying to just widen the lens as much as I can and try to understand the move that I saw. And that's the only thing that I can really see because Matthew Phillips far outperformed Anthony Mantha in preseason and in his previous two seasons in the Calgary organization, 30 plus goals. It's quite impressive. So that is the only thing that I can really draw. My only conclusion is that it's his size um, or it's some sort of salary cap thing that I don't really understand. It doesn't really make any sense. Or the other thing is what I've been hearing on Twitter. Well, Dan, of course they're playing him. You know how much they're paying Mantha? 
that I just got, I got to pretend I didn't hear that because if you're playing a guy just because you're paying him a lot of money, even though you have a guy that's better suited for the position, I, I just can't. So anyway, that's, that's what we know right now is that the Capitals, if we are to believe what we saw on the ice at practice today is going to hold true in game one of the regular season against the Pens. The Capitals had questionable judgment, in my opinion, and went with Mantha over Phillips. Again, sometimes I just don't want to overthink these things. Uh, they just don't make sense to me. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about the rest of the lineup. Who's in and who's out? We'll talk about that coming up. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You could even bet on an upcoming Commanders game. It makes watching the games that much more exciting. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. The hockey season is here and I've got you guys covered. So make sure and follow or subscribe to Locked On Capitals today. So the rest of the roster was announced and we know who is going to be on the team and we know who is not going to be on the team and some kind of interesting moves as we see that Hardy Haman Octel is not going to be on the starting roster. These are some questionable moves. I thought the Capitals were really hot on him. I thought that he had a really great camp. But he's not on the roster. He is going to start the season in Hershey. It's really one of those surprising ones. The other move, of course, it was formally announced. And we know that Ivan Mirishnyshenko, who I've been banging that drum on all preseason, well, he's not quite ready to go. He needs to work on acclimating, acclimating himself, excuse me, to the North American game. Is there a lot of things that I would change about Ivan's uh, game? Not too much. And I think... That if he continues on his trajectory right now, which is just breaking through every level on his way up, you know, I'm talking about the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, no match for him. I'm talking about terminating his contract with a KHL, no match for him. I'm talking about playing pretty darn good in the preseason as a real contender to be on this team. On the starting opening night, of course not. We know he's assigned to Hershey, but... I still do believe, and if you're an everydayer, you know I've spoke of this, he will have a spot on this team at some point this season. He's going to get the call-up, and he's going to destroy it. Mark it down. Put it on your calendar. I said it today. Um, I really do believe that, and um, again, some surprising moves uh, out there. So what is the, one of the things that we know on the blue line, Lucas Johansson and Alex Alexiev, uh, or excuse me, on the blue line, Lucas Johansson remains in the lineup with uh, Alex Alexiev um, not in the lineup. He was extra today. So 
Kind of a surprising move, all things considered, about who's in and who's out of the lineup. But if we take a look at who was on the ice today, Alex Ovechkin, Nick Backstrom, and TJ Oshie on the top line, McMichael Kuznetsov and Tom Wilson on the second line, Milano, uh, Strom, and Protus on the third line, and Malenstein, Dowd, and Anthony Mantha on the fourth line. So what is one of the other things that happened in all that movement is that Alexi Protus got bumped up to the third line. Alexi Protus, you know, I got to say that he kind of flashed a little bit this preseason, but I'm still not 100% sold that he is the guy. Uh, I am not so sure that there is not someone else down in Hershey that would be more of a viable option over Alexi. And I know that, you know, don't get me wrong, he did play pretty well, but he didn't really jump off the page like he did last preseason for me. Maybe, you know, you guys out there saw something different than I did, but that was just kind of my assessment is that he didn't really pop off the page. So let's look at the D pairings. So it's Rasmus Sandin, John Carlson, no surprise there. Second, Martin Faravari and TVR. And then the third is Lucas Johansson and Nick Jensen with Alex Alexiev being the extra. Hmm. I mean, tell me if you saw that coming I'm going to go ahead. I'm not going to say, did you see that coming within the last few days? Because we knew that. But if I was going to tell you, and I, I don't want you to BS me here. If I would have told you and I would have called you on the phone and I said in July, who is going to be on the Caps blue line, Lucas Johansson or Alex Alexiev? And you and I told you it's going to be Lucas Johansson over Alex Alexiev. You would have hung up the phone or you would have laughed and said something awful to me and hung up. And you would have been right because I definitely did not see that coming. But Lucas Johansson has played that well. A guy that they drafted in 2016 is finally coming to fruition. This this blue liner that we've heard about for the longest time is going to get his opportunity this year. I got to be honest with you. I'm really happy for the kid. And I don't mean to say that, you know, Alex Alexiev, you know, couldn't sometimes, you know, vacillate between Alex Alexiev and Lucas Johansson. Hey, it is a great position for the Capitals to be in. And with that said, what is one of the things that we know for sure is that Joel Edmondson is going to be coming back at some point. And then is it going to be Lucas Johansson? Uh, over uh, Alex Alexiev because, you know, I got to think that Joel Edmondson is going to get worked into the lineup. Like I said on the show, he's going to have to earn it. I think that, you know, he's going to have to prove it on the ice. I have no reason to believe that Joel Edmondson is not going to prove it, you know, prove himself. But with that said, I don't think it's just going to be a given. Um, and then as we take a look at the forwards as well, who is going to be the player that's going to come out when Max Pacioretty comes in? Hmm, that's going to be an interesting one. The Capitals do have a month and change in my estimation to figure it out. Who's going to be? Is McMichael going to be the guy, the guy that I've spoke of all offseason as this being his year? Hmm, maybe. Is it going to be Alexi Protus? These are the guys that are on in the lineup. They're on the roster, but for me, kind of bubble players. Uh, Alexi Protus definitely over McMichael. I don't think McMichael could have done anything more to impress than he did this preseason, but still... One of the things that I talked about in one of my first interviews ever doing this podcast was with then beat writer J.J. Regan, and he said that LaPierre played well and that Connor McMichael played well. This was a couple of years ago, but it wasn't sustainable. Can they be sustainable, in this case, Connor McMichael, this season? And one of the things I'm going to go ahead and say about McMichael is this is a different McMichael. 
and I know people say that, you know, we thought it was McMichael's year last year, but things have changed. He has played so well. We remember that game where he had 10 shots on goal, kind of just lighting up the score sheet. I had to set it down. It was on fire. Really impressing, you know, kind of a, a far exceeding my expectations. I think far exceeding everyone that follows this team in the NHL's expectation of what a great player he is. How he was so lifted by winning that Calder Cup last season that he's a totally different player. He's got swagger. He's got, you know, just, and he's got confidence just overflowing as he should. Uh, and I'm really, really happy for Connor McMichael. He did everything the right way. You know, he got reassigned to Hershey last season. He didn't sulk. He didn't moan. He's like, okay, I'm just going to do the best with the team I'm working on. And right now it's the Hershey Bears. And he helped that team win a Calder Cup. And he earned where he's at right now. So he's on the team. And uh, I guess, you know, it remains to be seen. Sonny Milano has killed it in the preseason, right? We know that. Uh, That was that midseason acquisition that kind of, you know... (laughs) If we can kind of recollect back, you know, and I think that some people are revisionists and they think, well, yeah, I always knew that Sonny Milano was going to be good. That wasn't the case. Where was he pegged to be when they signed him? Where was it? Don't BS me. Where was he? Everyone said, the beat writers for the Capitol said he is going to be playing in Hershey before he played his first game. I remember it. I do distinctly remember it. And what did he do? He came here and was like, whoa. And I was, whoa. Because he always had a great nose for the puck. He was always in the right spot on the ice and just a really great player, all things considered. Sonny Milano was just one of those diamonds in the rough that Brian McClellan picked up, kind of like if you remember Brett Conley years ago or, you know, Joel Ward, you know, some of these players that were good. But, you know, I think that the Capitals found a way to kind of polish them up a little bit and make them really glimmer and shine. That's what they did. And I think that that's what the Capitals did with Sonny Milano. And in that same group was Nicholas Abe-Cubel, another intriguing player for me that I'm really kind of surprised. And I know that there was penalty minutes and he wasn't quite as advertised this season. I still do think he has a role on this team this year. I really, really, really do believe it. He's going to have to work on his game down in Hershey. But I think, you know, if he follows the footsteps and it's just such a great group of coaches and players down in Hershey, I'm going to go ahead and say, and I know, wow, this isn't going to say anything too novel because they won the Calder Cup. But even if they had not won the Calder Cup, just say, scrub that from the history. That is one heck of a team, and it's being led by really, really great coaches. It's no surprise to me that that team is playing so well. So that is a really great place for someone like Nicholas Abe-Cubel to kind of percolate uh, and really work on his game. And I think that he's going to be another player. Um, And I do think that the Hershey Bears are bound for another Calder Cup. uh, Just based, I mean, can you... I mean, sometimes my, I'm just, I can't even contain myself. If you think about it, Ivan Mirshnashenko is going to be down there and you know what he's going to do. Not to mention that already great lineup that we know what they did last year, right? So this, you know, just, there's just this palpable, uh, you know, excitement for me just for the whole Capitals organization. And I'm going to talk about the Capitals, the Bears and the Stingrays as well. Just all big, a big group hug amongst all uh, the the teams and the organization as this is going to be one heck of a year. You mark it, despite what all the talking heads in the final segment here, I'm going to talk about what Frank Cervalli had to say about the team. It's kind of similar to what the other people in the league had to say. This team is going to kill it. And they're going to do it because 
it was the makings of a perfect storm. It was bringing Spencer Carberry in here. It was bringing Matthew Phillips in here. It was bringing, uh, you know, potentially Max Patchready and Joel Edmondson, not to mention this being the year for Connor McMichael. It's just good. I feel really good about this. And I think that, you know, some people can find a raindrop on a sunny day, but for me, this is going to be a good team. Am I going to go ahead and etch the Capitals name and all the players name in the side of the cup? No, I'm not going to do that. But what I'm going to say right now, I'm going to stamp my name on it. They will make the playoffs somehow. It's going to be a wild card spot, maybe higher, but they will make the playoffs at a minimum. That is my projection for them. Uh, I really hope that it holds uh, true, but some surprises, like I said, I think that, you know, what the, the couple surprising things for me in particular, uh, one of the biggest ones is the Hardy Haman Octel not being on the big team. Really kind of surprising. Some of the other ones, you know, Ivan Mirshnashenko, I kind of saw that coming. There was just that in the wind, you know, kind of sticking your hand in the wind. You could, you could smell it, you know? Um, and then also the Phillips thing again, mystifying you know i know he's still on the roster but still some of these moves you know i question and i think that more things will become made evident in days to come but for right now hmm, kind of a head scratcher all right so coming up here after the break we will talk about what are a lot of the other people uh, in the nhl thinking about the capitals where do they see them finishing it's not real positive i'm gonna be a bit of a spoiler here i'll talk about it coming up The NHL season is finally here, and the Capitals have the season we've been looking for. I absolutely love the NHL, and I know you do too, and that's why I want to tell you about the Sleeper app. The Sleeper app is the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, and it's my go-to for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper you can win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy. Sometimes, you know, fantasy uh, sports and hockey, you know, it's kind of overwhelming. They make it that much easier. So use code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's Terms of Use for more details. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So when I do this show, I you know I am drinking the Caps Kool-Aid, and I'm drunk on it, as you can tell from watching or listening to this show. I really am excited about this team. And, uh, you know, I do talk to some other people around the NHL, you know, some other Locked On hosts, just some other people that, you know, cover hockey or like talking about hockey. You know, if someone comes into my nine-to-five job and they want to talk about hockey, I will talk their ear off. It doesn't matter what team it is. But in any event, I do believe the Capitals will do well this year. Again, I'm not going to go ahead and say they're going to win a Stanley Cup. I mentioned that. But what is the consensus around the rest of the NHL? Some very, you know, respectable people, I'm going to go ahead and say, Frank Saravalli in the Daily Faceoff, a really great podcast, a wealth of knowledge. I really like his show. Um, he is not so high on the Capitals. And one of the things that he's doing right now and before the kind of the season for the Capitals and some other teams kick off is to talk about his predictions. And if you're an everyday and you listened to the show yesterday, you know I spoke of him talking about the Capitals uh, potentially being 
uh, wanting to trade uh, Nick Dowd, you know, that some team's going to make a big push for Nick Dowd. That's a, a cup contender at the trade deadline. So on today, they were asking about the daily faceoff, and they discussed whether the Capitals have the pieces to make a playoff run. And Frank says, so where do you fall on teams like the Caps? I mean, so it's the Caps and Sens that are the only East teams that I think might even kind of be in consideration. And Tyler, one of the co-hosts on the show said, the problem I have with the Caps is sure they should be healthier this year, but they didn't go out and get better this offseason, Frank. Maybe Kemper can drag them in the fight, but I just don't see enough on the roster. Frank answers back, I'm with you. I would also say on top of that, not only did they not improve, there are still major question marks about the guys that they have on the roster. Kuznetsov. What are you going to get out of him on a night-to-night basis? And Frank, if you would be listening to this show, I know you talk a lot of hockey, so you're probably not listening to a lot of hockey podcasts, but what I would tell you is that I do think that this is going to be a different Evgeny Kuznetsov, and I spoke about this in a previous podcast as well. What's the difference? What's the difference maker, Dan? Go ahead and ask me. What's the difference? It is Spencer Carberry is going to be a game changer for him. And you know, you might be saying, well, what, what can a coach do? What can he do? How great did Evgeny Kuznetsov play under Barry Trotz? Pretty darn good. So good, as a matter of fact, that it was rumored in the offseason that Barry Trotz, who is now the GM of the Nashville Predators, was actively pursuing him. As it turns out, they went with another player. But Barry Trott saw something in him, and I obviously am always going to hold him in high regard for being the head coach when they won the Cup in 2018. And not only that, if we just briefly, and I don't want to go down a side tributary, just kind of remember what what he did for this team. He changed the culture of hockey in D.C., just changed everything, you know, and he came here and, you know, you can almost get emotional. Just remember him walking in there and just, you know, just being really excited about this team and all the changes that he was going to make. And, and you know, bringing Mitch Korn in and, you know, just Holtby dialed in that whole season. Again, you can almost get emotional talking about it. I'm not going to do it, but in any event, Spencer Carberry is the same guy that's going to come in here and do the same thing. Is he going to lead them to the promised land and win a Stanley Cup? Perhaps. But I do think that he is going to change a lot of things. He's going to change the culture of this team to not have that reluctance to to not want to trust the young guys to go ahead and say, you know what, Connor McMichael, you're going to go in there. Nope, go in there and you're going to do fine. And you might even skate with, you know, Ovechkin or you might skate with some of the premier players. And I'm up. I'm, I'm going to put my faith in you that you're going to do fine. I'm not going to relegate you to the fourth line and make you do anything, you know, just because you're the young guy and the low guy in the totem pole. I have faith in you. I've seen what you can do, and I believe in you. And sometimes that faith in someone is just enough to make someone really blossom. And I do think that that's going to be the case. I think that is the Capitals' secret sauce. Mm, tangy and delicious and also successful. And I do think that that's what the Caps have in Spencer Carberry. To get it back to Kuznetsov and to address Frank Saravalli of the Daily Faceoff, I do think that they have Kuznetsov dialed in under the tutelage of Spencer Carberry. He is a guy that brings intensity. And one of the things that you see on the bench, even in the preseason, is that jaw clenched and the vein sticking out of his neck and him you know, yelling four-letter words, he cares. And sometimes caring is half the battle. You know, I don't, again, you know, just to talk about Peter Laviolette here briefly, one of the things that you saw about him 
is he, you know, sometimes he would care, but he is just this gruff old coach that, you know, I'm coaching this team this year and next year I'll probably be in coaching a different team. And I'm just going to jump into the recycle bin and hope I get carried to the right team. So now he's coaching the New York Rangers and I don't know what kind of success he's going to have. I think that, you know, the more and more I'm hearing, the further we are distance from him here is that he alienated himself from this team. So to get back to my main point, I do think the Capitals will be contenders and it's going to be on the back of leadership. I think that Brian McClellan has made really great moves out there, getting Max Patch ready on the cheap, um, you know, just putting him in a position to succeed. Uh, Joel Edmondson, uh, bringing in the right coach, bringing in the right assistants. Um, did they pick up the top six forward that everyone said that they should? They didn't do that because the right player wasn't available. Um, you know, I know that sometimes people like to make wishes like they're a, a child to their parents saying, I want a Ferrari for Christmas. And they're like, okay, sure, we'll get you a Ferrari. I feel like sometimes Capitals fans are young young children on Christmas looking up to Brian McClellan and going, I want, you know, the greatest forward in the NHL. And Brian McClellan's like, oh, okay, well, that's going to happen. There's cap space compliance. The Capitals did not have the cap room available to bring in that A-list player that everyone was so yearning for. Could it happen at some point this year? Sure. You know, maybe some guy's going to rocket to the moon and, and, you know, they can, you know, trade this guy for that guy. I'm not saying it's going to be possible, but to understand that the Capitals did not even have that as an option. So to just take that childlike, you know, I want to be an astronaut when I'm a kid. It's not going to happen. And I hate to be that tough love parent here for you on this show, but it's not going to happen uh, because they didn't have the cap space. They made they made prudent decisions. They picked up Max Pacioretty, who I understand two time, two years in a row had Achilles issues. I get all that. But that is why they were able to get him in the first place is because he is dinged up. And Joel Edmondson, you know, the back issues, they were able, you know, the Habs retained 50% of his salary, but everything I'm hearing is he's all that. And then some Tom Wilson, whose words I will take to the bank and they will cash right away is that he's a big defenseman, like six foot five, 230 pounds, but he can close space in a hurry and that he's a menace in front of the net. So they made the right decisions. And I think that the Capitals are in a really, really great position, despite what Frank Saravalli, despite what a lot. And it's not just Frank. I love Frank. I love his show. Uh, it, it's everyone else that is kind of these experts. And what is one of the things that we've learned? If you're an NFL fan, if you're any kind of space, these people that put the Colts experts around their names really aren't that much. They're not experts unless they cover the team, unless they're in the trenches. And then sometimes then they're not even experts. I don't, I hate the word expert. What I'm going to go ahead and say is people that are knowledgeable about the team. And sometimes people make these decisions and they kind of quantify these teams just based on who they were last year. They don't really, you know, get into the weeds with a trolling motor and look for the bass. They don't get in there and look for the moves that were made. Connor McMichael, you know, Matthew Phillips, a player that no one really knew except for the true hockey nerds. Um, and, uh, you know, that is not one of the things that's not spoke of when I hear their, their great predictions. You know, people like to just have these hits that come in. The Capitals won't be great because they didn't get a top six, six forward. And who knows what they got with Kuzi? Print. You know, that's just kind of a copy-paste rubber stamp answer. I don't really like it. I'm pumped on the Capitals because I cover this team on a daily basis and I see it. Uh, there are certain things that could be lurking out there like injury. I get all that. But those are the things that we can't, 
you know, avoid. Injuries are a part of the game and we just got to get used to it. All right. I've gone a little bit long today, but this has got me real excited. And I want to thank you all for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, your only daily year-round podcast covering the Washington Capitals. And I want to thank all you guys for listening to this show on a daily basis, whether it be on your podcatcher of choice or on YouTube. I really love you guys, and thank you for uh, helping me with the show, making it successful. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.